0: Welcome to Money in the Air.
3: I work for Transparence Entertainment Group. I focus on world X usa neighboring rights on the performer side and rights holder side.
2: Hey, welcome back to Money in the Air, the neighboring rights podcast brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. And today we're going to talk about being the original rights holder and licensing recordings and then who registers as the rights holder. So here's my question for you guys. You're the original rights holder the licensee, the label that you license the recordings to, doesn't register as the rights holder with their new ISRC numbers. And as a performer, you're not getting paid. What do you do?
0: Register on their behalf as if you are the rights holder to fill that gap. If they're not doing their job, you should not be penalized for missing out on the performer's share, definitely, but the rights owner's share as well. I would go ahead and register on their behalf. And if they want to go in and dispute, can certainly do so.
3: At PPL you would be known as the original copyright owner. You can go ahead and register those ISRCs because as we all know you can only backdate one year so the sooner the better and it's just it's in the artist's best interest isn't it and then if a year or two down the line within say for example a five-year exclusive licensee term the label pops up and starts registering the same ISRCs thereby causing these disputes then yeah then you can deal with it. You can relinquish a certain time period and it's very easily resolved because disputes happen all day every day at PPL.
1: The only time you might have an issue when you're relinquishing the rights is the date involved because if the licensee has the agreement start date and that crosses over with the date that you've registered then PPL may well side with them and say that they are giving them the rights with effective from that beginning start date. Like the fact that you've done the work you've made the claim they may take that money back from you if you've paid if you've been paid it already and hand it over to the person who has a legal document to say they now own the rights
2: so what I might do is I might have a word with them outside of PPL and say change the start date to x so that no money is lost You I didn't license thought. it time okay cool yeah, and sad. then what happens at the end of the license period does the original copyright owner get to keep those ISRC numbers from the licensee or do they just go away?
1: The code should always stay, those codes. The code shouldn't change unless there's a new version or a remastered version. Those codes are unique to that specific recording and should stay with it for its life. When people register the recordings, they don't necessarily put an end date. Why would they? Why would you want to put an end date when you can carry on collecting income for as long as you can? However, obviously, when the new or the correct rights holder comes in and takes over then they should go in and and confirm that the end date is to be applied and the date that they are to take over from
2: good that makes sense that makes perfect sense and if it goes into dispute you just have them relinquish as of the proper date what about if it's a bootleg someone's stolen your recordings and put it out under their own label do you go ahead and claim those isrc's
0: Absolutely. It's your recording at the end of the day, and they didn't get permission from you to either remix it, to release it through their own label, wherever they did it. So if you're performing on it and it's your recording, you're going to record, you're going to claim it as your income. doesn't matter if they're distributing it, releasing it onto other streaming platforms or wherever they're doing it. it, It's still yours.
2: Good. Anything else you think I've missed that I should have asked? I think it's worth bearing in mind, always having some kind
3: of Paper trail, whether it's email correspondence or an old school agreement or a receipt of studio time, just something that proves that you are the rights holder. Just in some in some dispute scenarios, uh, PPL asks both uh, parties that are claiming an ISRC to submit evidence, and if one party has the other doesn't, it just doesn't look good if you don't have evidence, even if you are the original copyright holder it's just yeah it's worth proving that somehow.
1: Again it comes down to the fact that every collection society has its own individual rules with regards to registration and disputes and claiming and so on. Australia for example don't tend to work with ISRCs so if you've got a track registered by an artist and a title and you go to register another track then in their mind on their database they have that recording registered already doesn't matter that it's a different recording so you can get conflicts and then these have to be resolved between the two parties you can imagine how many times this happens just one of the cases where unfortunately the cmos don't work in unison at the moment
2: that stinks
1: cool well thank you very much
2: that was really helpful and thank you for listening to money in the air remember go to and become a member. And then you could ask us anything anytime. Or you can always email us at info at ifr.co.uk. And don't forget, we have our conference coming up, which is the first ever and only conference dedicated to neighboring rights. It's June 21st and 22nd. Make sure you sign up now. Bye.